thankful tonight for that revelation that he truly is sufficient if you have a problem that you think that he can't meet or that you're worried about go go see brother sam after the service and ask him about the building we're in god's ways are past finding out the musicians can go to their seats i won't sing any more tonight but uh, if you want to turn with me to psalms 91 um i just have learned that there's just not much better sense than just a Preach what God lays on your heart. And so uh, there's some of them here that have heard this already last Sunday, but uh, it just was tremendous to me. And when I was praying about this service, I just couldn't get away from this. And uh, I pray that it would be a blessing to you. And I'm so thankful for Brother Sam and for his family and the church here and the the fellowship that we've had. we met once just briefly, and then the second time we met, we just stood in one spot and talked for about an hour probably and, and uh, just had a real good time of fellowship and just like, felt like we've known each other all our lives. And uh, you can see we run on the same wavelength there. We both, both got our green on tonight, and, but uh, I just really appreciate him and his confidence in having me here. And uh, I'm a living testimony that God can take a young man that the pull of the world is, is pulling hard. Those of you that know me and have known my story, I run, and I run hard. And I did a lot of things I'm ashamed of. But I believe in a God of grace. And you hear people preach grace, and they preach it so strong and so they think. But what they're really preaching is a weak and a watered-down, helpless grace that would leave you in a sinful wicked state but I'm a testimony that God's grace is much stronger than that it'll pick you up and bring you back to health and put some good healthy spirit in you fill you with his spirit and take those desires out of you clean up your life change your life transform your life as he said he would in this word that's a powerful grace not to leave you in sin that's weak don't dilute the grace of God like that saints He'll bring you up. You say, well, I've been trying for years to overcome this. It's right there. Stay on it. Don't let up. You will overcome it. You have to. He already overcame it. You can't lose. Let's just bow our heads before we read the word. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, as we stand in this building, Lord, it's, it's just a building, Lord. And Father, if we were to try to get Mr. Toyota that, that made the Toyota cars to come and grace us with such a a, a mighty man or a prestigious man and come and grace us with his presence or some other celebrity or president or leader would try to get them to come to this town. They, They probably wouldn't give us time of day, but Lord, the creator of heaven and earth is standing here tonight, Lord, ready to meet every need, ready to meet every challenge, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, and what did we do to deserve it, Lord? Nothing. You did it all, Lord Jesus. We're humbled, Lord, in your presence. Lord, I have one prayer, Lord, and that's that you would move me out of your way. Lord, there's needs here tonight, but you already know those needs. And we just love you and we praise you and commit the remainder of this service into your hands. 
In Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you've got Psalms 91, we'll begin in verse 1, and we'll just go ahead and read the entire chapter. We'll try to move quickly. I just don't want to keep you on your feet. But He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. And he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall there any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou should dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder and the young lion and the dragon, shalt thou trample under feet." Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. You can be seated. You know, I, I think that it's just tremendous the way that God can do things. And if, if each one of you would give me a list of, of your questions and your problems and the things you'd like for me to minister on, first of all, I'd be so overwhelmed that I would run and hide and, and never come back. Because it would take me forever to read through it, let alone to process it all. And I, I wouldn't be able to. I'm not up to the challenge. But if I could... And I would prepare a sermon that would minister to every need and try to address every situation. It would be an utter failure. But God can come down and he can speak to the youngest person here. And he can speak to the oldest and he can speak to the newest convert. And he can speak to the unconverted and he can speak to the veterans. All through somebody that that can't seem to match colors. Somebody that they just can't seem to get things right. Sometimes at work, I, I tell them, do I ever tell you I, I used to build cabinets? I said, I feel like I'm, I'm the, one of the stooges up here just making a fool of myself. I, you know, can't get it cut right or whatever it is. I just, just feel like I'm just fumbling around here. But I said, I used to build cabinets. Yeah. This ought to be simple to me. Yeah. But, you know, I'm thankful for the grace of God again that, that he can do this. And this chapter here, we know we've, we've probably all read it many times. And I know that I've read it, and, and I'm just going to be just completely honest with you, saints. I've read this chapter many times and honestly fought the questions that would try to come and say, is he really mean? That? Does it, what, what does that even mean? Because it, it just honestly to the flesh, it, it kind of seems untrue. I've stubbed my toe many times, and I've never seen angels come down and, and pick me up and keep me from stubbing my toe. You know, COVID come through the land... And I never got tested, but I'm pretty certain I had it. What did he mean? 
Why did he say these things? Is it true? Are, are we really going to see 10,000 and ten, or 1,000 on this side and 10,000 on this side? We really see that? That's almost scary to think about. But I was thinking about that, and I, I had preached on this. Uh, I used Psalms 91 a couple of weeks ago, and then my, my brother Miller, my dad, preached for us, and he read some out of Psalms 91. And I think he read that scripture that said 1,000 and 10,000. And, and, and so I just, the, the next Sunday we had come, and I had a thought on my heart, and I, I got to church early and was trying to get ready, and I just... That thought that I had, had thought that I was going to speak on, I just couldn't, couldn't get nowhere with it. And it got time for service to start. And I usually send over my scriptures so they can display them on the multimedia. And I didn't have scriptures to send them and start, they were starting service. And this scripture come back to me. And I thought, well, I've already preached on this once. But, you know, I had a Baptist minister tell me one time that if a, or a, a man, I don't think he was a minister, but he had went to school. Anyways, he, he told me, he said... Uh, if a man preaches over about 20 minutes and he's out of inspiration because, you know, he'll just, he's just on his own holding people because that's about all the inspiration you can get. And he said after a man's preached about 10 to 15 years, then he's just preaching the same thing over and over again because there's, there's just no, and I thought, well, in your church, I think you're on to something because there isn't. You're right, unfortunately. And then I remember the prophet of God said he could take one little phrase, and I don't remember what that phrase was, but about five words, and he said I could preach for I don't remember how many thousands of years or something, and, and preach on that phrase right there and never scratch the surface. And I thought, that's the God that I want to serve. That's the one that I want to see in action. Not a dried up God that's so, you can't even get 20. We can watch Hollywood for two hours every single night and not watch all the movies. You could watch YouTube the rest of your life and never touch, never scratch the surface of what's on there. And you're telling me God can't give me more than 10 minutes of sermon or 20 minutes of sermon inspiration? What kind of a church do you go to, brother? You need to rethink things. I'm thankful. And that's exactly what I want to talk to you about. That's right here in this scripture that I've never seen until last Sunday. As the service was going and all of a sudden I began to realize... Jesus said in Matthew, 20, or Matthew 10, he said, don't fear the one that can, can take your life, but fear that one that's after your soul. He, he's the one to be concerned about. And we read this scripture, and I realize you try to read this, and you're looking at the one that can take your life. You're looking at the one that can take your life. You're thinking about COVID. You're thinking about your toes. You're thinking about, you know, and, and trying to make sense. And this, this, these toes right here. But what, what if we take a spiritual approach to this? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. First of all, who goes home at night and goes into a secret place of the Most High and goes in there and goes to bed in that secret place of the Most High? None of us. We all live in regular houses. So it must be something spiritual, right? So we read, okay, we know that's the word, right? That's the word under the shadow of the Almighty. That's the word of God. It's a spiritual refuge. Then why are we so quick to switch back to the natural? I believe it applies to the natural. We don't have to fear anything in this life. We're not given a spirit of fear. We don't have to fear anything. COVID comes. And I was more scared of the vaccine than the, than the disease. Whatever you felt about it, that's my opinion. I was more scared. Of, I was like, I don't want the vaccine. But he said here, 
On down in the chapter, it said, tread upon the lion and the adder and the young lion and the dragon under the feet. I ain't scared of a vaccine. I'm not going to go take it if I don't have to. But if I have to, I'm not going to fear it. Ain't no mark of the beast in it for me. Excuse me just a minute here. I'll get this done once and... But we, we go back, right back to the natural. We, we know this is spiritual, a spiritual place we're abiding. It's a storm shelter. It's a storm shelter, a shelter from the storms of life. And I went to Lowe's the other day, and as I was walking in, they had a storm shelter there that looked like a porta potty only made out of steel. And I said, oh, God forbid that I'd have to sit in that thing in a tornado, especially with two or three other people, my family in there. We'd be cramped. And you just imagine debris hitting that thing and stuff. That would be one spooky. I do not want that kind of storm shelter. And that is not what this is. This is a storm shelter where you can go in there. And if you can get your focus off the door, you can run on in there. And there's still joy. There's peace in there. There's happiness in there. You say, no, wait a minute, in a storm? Well, a tornado, let's just tell you this, a tornado F5 or E5 or whatever they call them, the worst one you can get, the one in Joplin, isn't nothing as terrifying as the ones that, that, that we're hiding from in here. They don't hold a candle to what the storms that we're hiding from in here. But in the middle of those storms, if you get in there and get your focus, again, we want to we look out the window and watch the storm going by. Run on inside. Get on in the storm shelter a ways. There's something inside this storm shelter that you can find a happiness. You can find a joy. You can find a victory. There's a victory in this storm shelter. There's something in there. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. And again, here we go back to the natural. Oh, we're going to have diseases. We're going to have this. We're going we're to see that. Yeah, there, there's a plenty of that coming. COVID wasn't nothing to what's coming. We know that. But forget about that. When this hit me, when it, when it really began to sink in, what this is saying here, I thought, you know what, Lord, I would take COVID. I would take every disease, any disease, sit in a hospital the rest of my life. Over these, these plagues, over what it's protecting me from, over these things that God, the, th- the thousand that fall on my left hand and the 10,000 on my right, I've seen it. I never recognized it. But I, I've, I've realized they've fallen and I never recognized it. And God's kept me and I didn't recognize it. This scripture is absolutely true. I've already seen all this in action and I've never recognized it. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, for the arrow that flieth by day. Now, when are we, what, what hour are we living in? Darkness, gross darkness. I want to ask you something. You ever stubbed your toe? Okay, when t- 90% of the time you've stubbed your toe, was it light or dark? In the dark. Well, you turn a light on and you don't stub your toe. Right? I mean, we still do sometimes, occasionally, but for the most part, it happens in darkness. 
Okay, so if he's going to bear us up, lest at any time we'll dash our foot against a stone, there needs to be some light. But who's going to bear us up if we don't dash our foot against a stone? He shall give his angels charge over thee. And we get these, again, we get these visions of these men in white and robes and all these things. What's an angel? A messenger. There were seven messengers that God sent. He sent them to the church. Now, outside of God's light, outside of these messengers, it's gross darkness. But when you come inside of the, the message that God sent by the angels that bore us up, what did the angels say? Come up hither. Come up hither. He's going to bear us up. These angels bear us up that we don't dash our foot against a stone. What's a stone? A revelation. Look at what the world is stumbling around against. They're stumbling over the revelation of Jesus Christ in this hour. They're trying and they're, they're groping in utter darkness. They're blind, miserable, wretched, naked, and they don't know it. Because they're not in that secret place. They're not in the Word. They have a Bible. But they have no light. Without the angels to bear them up, you'll, you'll surely dash your foot against a stone. What are these plagues? It says, let's go back to verse four, verse 5. You'll not be afraid by the terror by night, nor for the air that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. Now, you could go deep into all these things and what the, you know, they, exactly they are, but, but we're not going to go that deep. Again, if you could preach that long on one sentence... How long could you spend on this going through each verse? But I won't do that tonight. Typically about an hour and I'm done and I don't ever look at the clock. So that's not, 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 not making any promises though. <laughs> a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand. Has anybody ever seen that where, where there was people? Now COVID come and it hit and, and in our community of about 700, we lost a lot of people. A lot of elderly people especially, but even younger people and stuff that we lost. But I, I promise you, it wasn't a 1,000. Right. And it sure wasn't 11,000. Right. So what's he talking about? And then you hear people make the claim. Oh, I can't get COVID. I can't get it. I cannot. It's impossible for me to get COVID. I'm a believer and it can't touch me. And the next week they cancel service because they got COVID. But, but he said it, it won't come nigh your dwelling. Where are you dwelling? He that dwelleth in the secret place. COVID didn't come in that secret place. COVID didn't touch my soul. You forget your dwelling place. It shall not come nigh your dwelling. Okay, but what about the 11,000 people we're going to see? I'm going to ask you something. Have you ever read Romans 1? You know, in Romans 1, it said... Because they did not like to... Let's just turn over there real quick. If you go back and read Matthew 10, and we might touch on that in a little bit, I don't know. But if you read Matthew 10, Jesus tells them a little different story. It sounds like, it sounds like a different story than what David said here in, in Psalms. But, if you apply it to the natural man then what Jesus is saying is happening is going to be different. But if you apply it to the spiritual man, though they were crucified as their Lord was, the disciples still was in the secret place the world didn't know nothing about. 
And it lines up perfectly with what David told him. Let's just start at verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore also God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. I'll say it again. I'll spend the rest of my life in a hospital. I'll I'll take every disease in this known to man in this body over that right there. God gave them over to uncleanness. Now, I know that God's a healer. And I know that I have a promise in this body of healing. But I'm telling you right now, fear the one that's after your soul. Don't don't worry about the ones trying to take your life. If if you're ready to meet God, then you you know where where you're going from here. But if you're not careful, that one that's after your soul, he'll come in. And the pressure's on, brothers and sisters. The pressure's on. Now, what did he say here? Uh, they became fools. Now, that kind of seems a little bit silly because we're in an age where there's more technology and everything. I mean, this, this little phone here was cheap. I just got it. It's a real cheap phone. But, man, it's, it's crazy what all it'll do for a little cheap phone like that. What used to, you'd have to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to do, you know, for, it was free for me. I think it was $100. It wasn't free. It was $100. What thousands of dollars? We're in an age of technology. We're in an age of people that are are wise. But wait a minute, what did he say? Professing themselves to be wise. So we have to look at this carefully because if we look at the IQ scores, then it looks like the Word of God is missing something. But let's look what the angel who bore us up, one of the angels here that has borne us up, let's look at what he said about this. He said, notice in St. Luke, again, 1730, as it was in the days of Sodom, you know what happened in Sodom? Look in California. Not only in California, in the United States. Not only in the United States, but the world. Look at this teenage insane. We had, I told you the other day, they was taking an analysis there in the schools of Arizona where I live, and 80% of the children in school was mentally retarded. Now, people, I've heard critics criticizing this, and probably by the IQ scores, It might look like it's wrong. But let's keep reading and see what he's talking about here. What will their children be? We can't have another generation. We're at the end. Jesus said these things would come. Look at all the televisions and things getting these facetious things in order. It'll come a time I predict the people will be completely, totally insane. Again, there's two different ways to look at it. You look at the IQ scores. He's wrong. But let's look in the spirit realm now. Let's don't look at the, at the natural things. Let's look at the spiritual things here. The people will become totally insane. The world will be, the Bible speaks, such hideous sights as they show in the movies today. And some prehistoric creature's egg that's lived on the earth so many thousands of millions of years hatch forth and, and some minor, uh, just a minor thing to what's going to happen and when all of hell is open and the devil comes out, 
with all the mysterious things of women or locusts with hair like women and teeth like lions, why the world will be completely, totally insane, and it's not but just about one degree from it now. Right. Now, it's kind of hard to say, you know, people's not insane. I mean, you know, come on. Like I said, look at all these great men rising up and, and the, the advances and everything. The whole world is just so far advanced and so smart and so intelligent. How can we call it insanity? Let's look. There's another. I won't read all this. It's rather lengthy. But he gives an illustration of two women. And one of them goes to church. One of them doesn't go to church. And the one of them gets to slipping around, and she's neighbors with the one who goes to church. She don't go to church. She gets to slipping around, messing around with the neighbor man, and she's married. And she gets out there mowing her yard in her shorts and drinking and all these things. And the woman that goes to church, she's over here, and, and she's calling this woman a prostitute because she's slipping around with the neighbor man and she's married to another man. But yet this woman here, he says, she runs around in her shorts and showing off her flesh, showing her body, causing men to lust, which Jesus said was committing adultery. So she's guilty. Just as the other woman who don't go to church, this woman won't drink. She won't. She would never touch another man. Never do anything inappropriate with another man. But yes, she's running around in a pair of shorts. And he said, your grandmother would have been arrested for that. It's insanity. It's insanity to go out in the public dressed like that. Undressed. Naked as the Bible calls it. It's insanity. So now, let me ask you this. How many people have seen probably at least a thousand people? In shorts, or ten thousand people in shorts. Now, on the way home from work last night, I, my, my buddy had been talking about Chipotle, and we, he said, "Well, we'll get Chipotle on the way home." Well, I ended up driving a different vehicle, a work vehicle for the boss, and, and so I drove it home. I didn't get a ride with them, so we didn't stop at Chipotle. But I seen a Chipotle, and I stopped. Well, over here's Target, and over here's Starbucks, two places that this this friend of mine hates. And and so I texted him. I said, "Well, I found a Chipotle, but it's right between a Starbucks and a Target." And so further stand, he, he can't stand either one of them, and I, I don't blame him. But I said, so I'm going to try it. But I walk into the Chipotle. Now, mind you, this, this guy is, is, a, uh, is a Christian. He's a believer. Uh, uh, just, but he's never experienced the angel's message that lifts us up. And so he, he's, we've had a lot of discussions. We've known each other for over 20 years, and we've had all kinds of discussions. It's just, uh, it just been really a good friend to me, but he just can't see it. He just can't grasp it. And the things he, he's telling me all the time, he's talking about preachers that preach just for money. And he just can't stand that. He said, he's got a friend that's an evangelist running all over the country, having these, these revivals and stuff. And he said, it's, all it is is he's getting paid good. He said, the guy don't need, it just makes him sick. He can't stand it. He, he's seen so much fake and the speaking in tongues and all the emotions and all these things. He said, that's garbage. It's hogwash. It just, and I tell him, that's exactly right. But then I, I sent him one message and he listened to it and he couldn't find anything. The one thing he said about it, he didn't even read a scripture in there. He said, he never read a scripture in there. I thought, man, did he? And, and I wouldn't have known he was right except somebody else had, I had told them about it. They listened to it and they told me the same thing. He said, he never read his text in there. The sister from the church said he never did read his text in that message. And it was, uh, I think, a blushing prophet. And so I had sent it to him, and he comes back, he comes back with, you know, well, he never even read scripture in there. He just come and got up and started talking. And he said, I, the scripture is the most important thing. Amen. That's exactly what he always told us. But what do I say now, you know? And so, so but he can see that Target 
Because they got you walk in the door now in Target, and I hadn't been in a while, but Walmart's got it too. But Target's got right in the front of their store. You walk in, there's a display that's all pride. Pride, pride, pride. They, I guess at one time they had baby onesies and all this. He was telling me that his wife was seeing all this, and she said they, they got a lot of stuff from Target, and she said that they, it was, they was done. They're cutting ties with Target. So he can see this. He can see that this Target you know, is, is terrible. It's polluted. It's horrible. And he don't want nothing to do with it. Now, Starbucks is taking the same kind of stand, and they're, they're, they're wicked and they're evil, and they're taking a stand supporting ungodliness, filth. But I walk into the Chipotle, and it's packed full of people, and it's packed full of women, and all of them got their flesh hanging out everywhere. And I thought, man, my goodness. And so I walked in the bathroom and went to wash my hands, and I'd been hanging uh, uh, fiberglass ceiling tile, used, used old fiberglass ceiling tile all day long and it just give you this it felt like my face was sunburned from the itch from that insulation and so i was nasty so i went in the bathroom was gonna wash my hands we just dropped our tools and went home it was getting late and and i walked in there and i soaked my hands all up and the water wouldn't work in the bathroom i was like i'm done i walked out the door uh target had some t-shirts that i'd heard about and i wanted to get one of them he'd, he'd got some he really liked them so I went in there to get a t-shirt, and I thought, I'll grab a bag of peanuts or something, and, and that'll be my supper, and I'll get out of here. And I walked in that store, and I'm telling you, the, the walls was just plastered with women in bikinis, all different shapes and sizes and, and, and uh, uh, skin disorders and all kinds of supporting all that. And, and you walk on through the store, the whole place was just, just filth. You get up to the register, and, and, the, and the, the girl has a real gruff voice, says, oh, I can help somebody on register one. I thought, well, there's a self-checkout right over there. And then I walk out the door, and the, the little guy with the beard over there, he goes, well, thank you. Come back and see us. <laughs> if running around in shorts and what i seen in Chipotle, now, he does have enough revelation to understand that ain't right either. But if that's insanity... This is a plague, brothers and sisters. These are plagues. This physical illness, there's no physical illness that can touch what he's talking about here when he said they, they professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of an uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible beings. God gave them over to uncleanness, to the rust, lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And they, they, they not only will they do all these things, but they're trying to, to blast that in our face and force us. But let me tell you something. There's, that's a storm and that's a plague that's coming. But if you'll stay in that secret place, in that secret place, it can't touch you. It can't get to you in that secret place. Now you've seen a thousand. Now you've seen ten thousand. Have you not? The whole world's riddled with it. The whole world's rotten to the core. That's what the prophet told us. He says it's filth. It's gone. It's got Ichabod written all over it. I heard him saying the other day, he said, when you get into that place with God, into that inspiration with God, he said, not just an emotional workup, but when you really stay in the presence of God until you get lifted up in that presence, he said, it just looks so polluted. David said, I've kept the Lord always before me. And I was thinking about that, and I thought, is, is that what's always before us now? Is it really what's still always before us? Because that's the secret place. That's the storm shelter, is the word of God. Are, are we, he was staying inside that shelter is what he was telling us. 
God's going to keep me. He's going to keep me from these plagues. He'll keep me from these things. If I stay in this, that's why he always kept the Lord before him. Is that what's always before us? Young people, is that what's always before you? If your hand offends you, cut it off. If your eyes offend you, pluck them out. What's before us? See, we wonder why we can't see God in our lives sometimes. Well, here's a good example right here. Do you see God on your phone? He's there. You got the Bible. You got the message. You got the, 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 the internet and everything. YouTube. There's all kinds of, of good, godly, inspired music from Holy Ghost filled people. Now, you don't have to go listen. When I was a kid, it was the radio or nothing. Or you could buy a CD or something and hear the same 13 songs. That was it. But now you can go. There's a site, if you haven't heard of it, inspiredmusic.com. It's just different believers that have submitted their music. They're not, they're not all Holy Ghost filled people, but I'm not their judge. But it's inspired music. It's, it's good, godly people living Holy Ghost-filled lives. They're not out there for entertainment, entertaining the people. And that's all it is. And when music is entertainment, I'm sorry, but I don't want to hear it. But we don't have to listen to that anymore. We've got it. It's right here. At the push of a button, you can have hours and hours and hours. There's a, a man, I can't remember his name right now. He plays organ music for an hour on there. I love it. I use it for meditation. The only problem is, is the ads. You're trying to, you know, play the soft music and everything, so it doesn't work well for that. But the thing is, is that we have it now. We've got the Bible. We've got the Word. Do we see it? Because there's this thing called pop-ups. And you notice it. Every time you pick up your phone to read the Bible, the news pops up. Every time you pick up your phone to read the Bible or listen to a tape or something, well, Facebook pops up. Well, it don't take something dirty to take your attention away from God. And we wonder why we don't see God in our lives. Because we've got his word right here. And we're not seeing him on our phone. If I just use that for a type. You don't see him on your phone. He's there but you don't see him. Why? Because you're choosing other things. You're letting other things pull your attention away from him. He's there in your life brothers and sisters. He's in your life. He's there. But you got to go look for him. You got to scroll back to the other screen and find where is that Bible app? It's not as quickly found sometimes as some of the other apps and things on our phone. And sometimes, God, we get away from God. We get to looking out the windows at the storm again. We get to peeking our head out the door. You get on a ride and you go ride a roller coaster or something. What do they tell you? Keep your arms and legs inside. Because if you keep them inside, it's safe. You're safe. They've got safety belts. They've got safeties there. But if you stick your arm out, you're on your own because you might lose that arm. You stick your leg out, you might lose that leg. You stand up in the ride, you're on your own because you violated the safety. If you keep the Lord always before you, there's a secret place to dwell. But if you get out from behind that secret place, you're on your own. See, sometimes we just don't realize just how important this word is. Sometimes it's become common to us. It's become, we've become complacent. We need a refreshing. We need a renewing. We need to get serious with God. We need some desperation sometimes. It says they changed the truth of God into a lie. Worshiped and served the, create, the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this God, here, here, for this cause, here, here, we go, here we go again. 
For this cause, God gave them over to vile affections. Even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Understand, young people, this is nothing to mess around with. It's nothing to toy around with. This is the plagues. This is the the, the most dangerous thing you'll encounter. If you knew that every person in the Walmart store had the flu, and you had to go in that Walmart store, you'd probably have your elbow over your nose or wearing a mask or something, and you'd go in there and you'd quickly get your stuff and get back out. But then we know that it's full of this. It's full of this. How could we go in there and just, just sit and hang out and, and, and stroll and enjoy ourselves? There's something in there. And you say, well, I shop at Kmart or I shop at, I don't even know, Kohl's or whatever. Some of them's not as in your face about it. But I'm going to tell you something. This, it, 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 you need an angel to bear you up. The angel's message, the, the seven church ages, the seven angels, their message is bearing us up. If you get out of that, you're going to dash your foot against the stones. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. I'm not going to monitor your time spent in the stores. But I'm going to tell you this. If you go back and you study and what Brother Brandon said about our minds and where our minds are at. The place that we spend our time mentally. the, the The thoughts we entertain greatly affects our lives and the lives of those around us. It affects the atmosphere that we keep and we create around ourselves. We dwell in the Word in that secret place. We don't put our Bible on the floor and stand on it. But what is it? In our minds. This is a spiritual attack. It's a spiritual, a spiritual thing. It's not a natural, physical thing that we're fighting. Though, we, again, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for these scriptures that He gave us. That we know they'll, they'll take up serpents. I told them the other day, I said, you know, they said they would take up serpents and they wouldn't harm them. And people take that and they go handing around snakes in their church. And it's meaninglessly pointless handling snakes just to try to show that God's word is true. Well, if you want to prove that God's word is true, take the same scripture he said to lay hands on a sick. Go to the hospital and just clear it out. Clear it out. If he said to lay hands on the sick, then every person you touch in that hospital will get well and you'll go home. And you can quit wasting your time on the snakes. God's word will be proven then. That's, I, I'll pick the hospital. I'm not going to the... They keep their snakes. But you know what? If I ever get bit by a snake, my wife has. She's been bit by things that don't bite people, but she's been bit by them because she gets bit by everything. She gets bit by flies and stuff. It's just unreal. They're just like, if there's a mosquito around, it'll find her. And so she'd been bit by brown recluses more than once. She'd been bit by, we're pretty sure it was a copperhead. uh, She just felt something, and then there was two holes, and and her legs swelled up, and it was like extremely painful. We never went to the hospital or another. We prayed. And by the grace of God, it, it, was, it was the next morning I think she was better. We don't have to fear that. We don't have to fear that. You know, in, in Timothy it says, He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Of power and of love. I tell the church, I read that scripture frequently at the church because I want it to stay in our minds. I told them one day, I, I wrote it all down on pieces of paper. I counted up who all was there and I wrote down enough that I thought would cover. And then I handed them out and I said, I want you to, every time you, you start to catch yourself saying, I think I'm losing my mind. 
I said, I want you to think about this because God said, I'm not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And if you think you're losing your mind, claim it. Hold on to it. Because God cares about these things. And if we speak these things, our words have power in them. We don't, we're not going to lose our minds. We're not going insane. We're not going crazy. We're in a secret place. If you're not in that secret place, you might be going insane. But I thought that was really something. When I really stopped and thought about it, he, he talked about it. He said, if, if a woman walks out in the street in a pair of shorts. And that's hard. I mean, that's hard. I mean, if, if, if that hurts you, I can't apologize for the word, but I'm sorry for that it hurts you. But, you know, and he talked. And then, we had this discussion. This friend of mine, him and his family, we, I hung out with him for years back in from about 2000 to 2004. And, and we're just really close in those years. And we had discussions about the message. And they asked me about the shorts. They didn't wear shorts either, but they didn't really know why. And I didn't really know why either, just to be honest. And I said, well, he said there's a woman's underneath garments. Well, they're like, well, they're denim shorts, and they're this long, you know. What's it showing this much of your leg and whatever? But I didn't understand the spirits that anoint things. There's a spirit behind these things. You know, and I've seen brothers that they wouldn't, they wouldn't let their wife put on a pair of pants for nothing. Because that was an abomination before God for a woman to put on a garment pertaining to a man. And they would run all over the place in shorts. It's the same spirit. Right. Now, how can you get on your wife and not, you ain't going to wear pants and I'm going to run around in shorts? It's insanity. Amen. It's a spirit. There's a spirit there. It's insanity. Amen. I'm thankful for a sound mind. Amen. I'm thankful to know that place of refuge. Amen. You know, there's a woman brought to Jesus one time and they, they caught her right in the act of adultery and the law says she needed to be stoned. You know what Jesus said? He said, look right here. There's a door right there. And just beyond that door is a safe place. He said, I'll forgive you. You go in there in that safe place and don't sin no more. Don't come back out. When you get in that secret place, don't come back out. Because if you come back out, I can't help you. But if you'll go in there and you'll stay in there. You think she ever made a mistake again? I'm sure she did. She had to. She was in, in a flesh body. But you know what? We're in Laodicea. You know something that crossed my mind is I realized that, that if I'm in Missouri and a tornado hits and I get in the storm shelter, am I in Missouri or am I in tornado shelter? Well, I'm in both. But what about my neighbors? Well, they're in Missouri, but they ain't in the storm shelter with me. Especially if it's one from Lowe's like that because they ain't near big enough for all of us. <laughs> Except I don't really have neighbors, so I don't have anybody close, so that might be all right. But the thing is, is that I'm in Missouri... But I'm in a storm shelter. Okay? And the neighbors are in Missouri, and they're not in a storm shelter. Now, I'm in Laodicea. And Laodicea is gross darkness. And there's no light left in Laodicea. But I'm in a shelter called the Bride Age. The Bride Age where the, the angel messenger come and called us up a little higher. He bore us up so we're not stumbling. So we're not stumbling and stubbing our toes and hurting ourselves. God's word's true, brothers and sisters. Maybe you don't understand it. If you don't understand it, you think, well, I don't, I just, uh, how could he say that in the scripture? And I, it just, just seems like it ain't true. But something inside of you just won't reject it. Yes. You just, I just can't do away with it, but I just don't understand it. How can that be true? How could he say, it can't, won't come nigh your dwelling? And then, 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 you know, this one didn't get sick, but this one did. And this one, and then, how, how could he say that? What's your dwelling? 
Go back and find it. Dwelling in a secret place. It won't come nigh your dwelling. Again, you think spiritually. We see that corruption all around us. We've got friends. We've got family. Every one of us has got friends, family, neighbors. They've given themselves over. They've lost their minds. Now you think this is all could maybe to some people this might sound strange and everything, but I want to ask you something. Go back into into 1950, and you go try to tell somebody. Get a time machine, travel back there, and you go walking up to people and tell them you're a dog. (laughs) It sounds funny, don't it? But they do it. They're doing it, and people people with the high IQ are supporting it. They're proclaiming themselves to be wise, but they're fools. There is no God. They're worshiping these things. I want to be. I want to be in the image of my creator. And they want to be in the image of something else. Why do they worship the creature more than the creator? That's why they want to be in the image of a dog, the image of a cat, or the image of something else besides that. Why? Because their minds have been polluted and gone over. They've lost their minds. They're out of their minds. And they're given over to ungodliness and filth. You think cancer's bad? Cancer's nothing to that. You die of cancer, you're going to be with God. Make your preparations, make it right with God. You've got nothing to fear leaving this life. But when you come to the place that you don't even know if you're a human or not, you don't know if you're a boy or a girl. You don't know if you, if you like boys or girls. There's a secret place. We've been caught up by the angels. We don't have to stumble in this darkness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just thank you tonight. Thank you, Lord, for a safe place. Thank you that though we're stuck in this layout of sea and age, we've been caught up in a bride age. An age where he said, come over here. Come up a little higher. It's true. I don't have to wonder anymore. Somebody gets sick, plagues come. You see somebody you love in a hospital and they're all worried because they were a Christian and now they're sick with it. You go, tell them and tell, you go to them and tell them, are you a human? Are you a boy or a girl? And if they can answer those questions, you say, that plague has not touched your dwelling place, brother. You're still safe because you've still got enough of a mind to know who your creator is. You still got enough of a mind to understand that you are a male the way that God created you. You know that you're a female the way God made you. You know that you can raise children and you can. Did you ever think that we would talk like this? No. But He told us. And I never thought of that that way until just now when I read that that they worship the creature more than the creator. The creator. That's why they want to be that. That's why they want to be that. That's why they're trying to be animals. That's why they're trying to claim that they are those things. Because they worship those things. They don't want to worship God. They've rejected God. God's turned them over to reprobate mind. To think that if I know that I'm a human and I'm a boy and I'm a man. I hope I'm a man. Try to be. But I'm a man and I'm a human. And just that knowledge speaks of a sound mind. Just that basic knowledge. But God has given us a secret place. Again, this isn't some little cramped up storm shelter. 
People think we're bound by a bunch of sets of rules and all this, and these women have to dress in these horrible-looking dresses and all this, and they can't wear makeup and all this. You tell me how, how is it not insane? You go into Target now, and mind you, they've got pictures. They've got a, a picture of a black woman. I'm not racist. I'm not, I'm not prejudiced. I'm a big man. I, I did none of that. But they've got a picture of a woman that would have never been displayed before. She's as big as me or bigger, and she's in a two-piece bikini. And I'm, that's, that's crude, but that's what it was. Posted on the wall, big enough to take up that whole section of the wall. Okay? They've got all this posted all through this store. No matter how big you are, no matter how many imperfections you've got on your flesh, you are beautiful and don't be afraid to show it. But don't leave the house without your makeup. It don't matter how beautiful you are, you better touch it up. What's wrong with people? What's wrong with people? But God has given us a place. It's not a misery. It's not a burden. It's not a chore to live for God. It's not a burden to be in the image of your Creator. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. There's still freedom to run. To shout, to rejoice, to enjoy, to have joy, to have peace. It's still ours, brothers and sisters. There's lots of room. I don't feel cramped up. I don't feel shorted because God won't let me do those reprobate things. I feel blessed, brothers and sisters. I'm blessed. I'm thankful. I've seen people that Satan had them pulled over. And almost give in and taken off into that world. Right. Maybe they just had a toe. Maybe they had a mommy and daddy. They were still in a storm shelter. Hallelujah. I was one of them. By the grace of God, when I was a teenager, we didn't know about all that nonsense. It wasn't that bad yet. Right. It wasn't nothing like this. Right. The only thing we had to talk about was, you know, the, the, the perversion was just homosexuality. I mean, that, that was it. And even that... I didn't, hadn't seen one when I was a kid. But you know what? There was still ungodliness. And when you look at the seeds that was planted that grew these trees that we're seeing, you look, the prophet was holding them in his hand and calling them and telling you that seed right there, that's a perverted spirit. Stay away from it. Those shorts, those shorts are perverted spirit. Now look where they've grown. You know, and, and, and people will sit beneath the tree wondering why they can't grow. They don't realize that they're so shaded out by the tree that they can't get no sunlight. And they're scoffing at the prophet that told us about the seeds that grew that tree. I'll say that again. They're sitting under a tree saying, he said that acorn was an oak tree. What a ridiculous lunatic that prophet was. You call him a prophet, and he was nothing more than a mockery. He was just a... He, he said the shorts was insanity. And they don't realize they can't get anywhere with God because they're shaded out by that perverted, filthy spirit that was grown from the seeds of those shorts the people was wearing. And that's just one. That's just one example. There's many of them. There's been many things that he called out and he told us, don't do that. Stay away from it. Run from it. Run from it. And he was holding seeds in his hands. He was pointing at little saplings saying, you stay away from that. That's an invasive species. That'll tear your walk. He talked about malice. 
He talked about malice and he talked about bitterness. And he told us about the temper. You don't hear those things preached anymore. But you know what? He was pointing them out and he was telling us, those things will grow up in your life. I remember dad, you know, my dad used to grow a garden and I never could, I haven't ever been able to duplicate that. And I, I didn't want to when I was a kid, now I do, but I still can't get it right. But we grew a garden maybe half the size of this auditorium or something. I don't know. It, it, it seemed like two of these when I was a kid, but, you know, but, but dad would get us out there. And you know what he would tell us? Now, look, those weeds are little, but you get them things and you pull them up. Get the roots out. Shake them roots off. Get the dirt off the roots. Because if you leave a little dirt on them roots, sometimes they would get enough dirt on them roots and they would start growing again and they would sink their roots back down into the soil and they would grow again. He said, get them out of there. Shake them good. Get the dirt off of them. You don't want those growing up. They'll, 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 they'll harm the plants that you planted and they'll, they'll hinder their growth. We had an angel messenger and he told us he didn't want us to stumble and he told us, you watch that temper. The Holy Ghost will deliver you from that temper. If you deal with the temper, the Holy Ghost will still deliver from the temper. And the temper still just as... It, it don't matter how ungodly they are. It don't matter how given over they are to a reprobate mind. The temper is still a poison. The malice is still a poison. Jealousy is still a poison. It's all still... Evil still evil. The, the wickeder wickedness don't do away with the other wickedness. Because when you're walking into that secret place, you can only see Christ. You have to turn around because to, to see the ungodliness, no matter how small you think it might be. The idleness. Idleness. We don't, you don't hear that preached anymore, being idle. Not doing nothing. Paul said, if a man don't work, he don't eat. But now we've got people that, that won't, can't keep a job and, and their wife's got to support them because they can't keep a job. And they sit at home all day playing video games and things. But you don't hear about idleness. You know? There's a lot of things. A lot of things. But I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Ghost will lead us and will guide us into all truth. You seek that Holy Ghost. You, you, that's why we've got to stay in this secret place. That's why we've got to keep our minds focused on this secret place. Stop looking at the storms. Stop looking around you at all the ungodliness. You see, they got all these people that, 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 that they get on, on, on social media and things and they debate with these people and they try to show them the light and they try to bring them out of that and they try to expose it and all that. But you know what? They don't have an angel's message to bear them up. So they're sitting there futilely arguing, button heads with these people, button heads with these people. And you get to watching that stuff and you don't even realize what spirit you're being influenced by. You know, it... it, it, it it's an attempt to do good. But you get caught up in watching those things and it'll pull your mind to where you're always thinking about it. And every time you hear something, boy, your thoughts will come up like, we, you can only fight this one way. There's only one victory in Laodicea. It's right here in the Word of God. It don't matter scientific facts. It don't matter all those things you can argue and they make a good argument and it don't matter how smart you are. Again, the IQ is not what you want to look at. It's going to take some revelation. It's going to take the Holy Spirit. He's the guide. You know, I was thinking about the gifts in the church. And I thought, Lord, I, I want to see the gifts in the church. And I thought, well, should I pray and start seeking the gifts? And then you see people that do that. And you've got to be careful because you start seeking gifts in your church. And the next thing you know, you're off on a limb trying over here to build some, some gifts. 
trying to make something happen, trying to shake something up, trying to, you know, to get people worked up into something to see the gifts operating. But I thought, wait a minute, if I'm seeking God, he's the one that gives the gifts. Lord, I want all of you. I want all of your word. If there's something hindering gifts in the church, I want it taken out, Lord. I want to see all of your word. Well, we know that that which is in full will come and that which is in part will be done away with. But that which is in full will be greater than that which is in part. And see, my, I was talking to my friend about that, and he said, you know, well, that which is full. So I think these things, you know, they're just, that's why we don't see no real speaking in tongues, and it's all just a bunch of fake and worked up. He said, I, I think it's been, I, I'm a cessationalist, I think he called it. Yeah. So I'm almost, almost just completely cessationalist because he, he just seen so much fake and everything. He said, I think we've got that which is, is full. And it's like, how can you say this is what's the fullness and it's so much less than the gifts. Yes, this is the fullness, but it's less than the gifts. That don't even make sense, does it? No. We can't even find a church that we agree with. We can't even find a, a place to go and call their home church. But, but we got that which is full now. I'm telling you, saints, if you've been in that secret place and you, find, you talk to somebody that's not been in the secret place, they don't have the angel's message, they don't have the revelation, right. then you begin to realize there's some confusion out there. There's a lot that we take for granted that we don't even understand. Reverence in the house of God. Reverence in the house of God. We had a minister. Y'all know. We had a minister coming to the church over at Moundsville when I was going there. And, and, and he was an old veteran minister that had pastored and had, had been to seminary and all these things. And he came into the church and visited. And he starts talking to one of the kids. And, and somebody says, shh. It was before the service. And they just kind of shh. He come in the store all the time, and he was, he was raised right next to my brother-in-law, and they give each other a hard time anyways, but, man, he wouldn't let us live that down. I went over there to their church, and they shushed me. He didn't have a clue. I said, well, I'm going to come over to your church, and I'm going to take the coffee in there and drink coffee and talk to you. <laughs> well, you can't keep bringing the coffee in the sanctuary. Why not? You got coffee. Well, you can drink coffee outside the sanctuary, but you can't bring it in the sanctuary. But I want to bring it in the sanctuary. I want to bring it in there next to you and sit and talk, and we'll visit, and won't you get shushed, and I can drink my coffee. But see, they had a standard, but they didn't like ours. But see, we had an angel messenger taught us value of respect. There's a value in respect and and honoring the sanctuary and and the the coming in and quietness and things. Let's don't take it for granted, brothers and sisters. Let's don't take it for granted. Let's let's, uh, realize that God's word is true. And there's there's nothing in there just by chance. There's nothing in there to just kind of, you know, he just happened to, to say it and don't really mean much, you know, but it's valuable, brothers and sisters. It's our refuge. It's freedom. It's not bondage. It's freedom. It's absolutely freedom. Bear thee up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. What a promise. You see Satan tried to use that against Jesus. He tried to use a false representation of that. And when you take the truth and you misrepresent it, it's false. Do you know that? If you take the truth and you take a scripture and you take it out of context. You know, if you take Psalms 23, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And Satan will come along and say, You're going to have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You want to walk through the valley of the shadow of death? You realize what's in the valley of the shadow of death? And before you know it, you're over here scared to death because you've got to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
and you forget that it said, I will fear no evil. Amen. That's not what he was, he wasn't talking about. He wasn't bringing fear. That's the devil interpreting that scripture for you. Listen to what God said about it. I will fear no evil. We don't have to fear. Even in the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the word of God? Aren't you thankful for the light? Aren't you thankful to understand that truly indeed... We're in the middle of the, the worst plagues that the world's ever known. And it's only going to get worse. But we have a safe place. We have a secret place where the angels have brought us up into this place. I don't know what time I started, but if they come to the music. I'm telling you, when I, when I started seeing these things and started realizing... That's not just a type. It's not just something that I, I don't have to grasp at that anymore and wonder, Lord, why'd you say that? And it don't seem like you're keeping it. He's keeping it. He's absolutely keeping it. It don't matter if I get COVID. It don't matter if I get the vaccine, get the vaccine, then get COVID or whatever. This is the flesh and blood. This is the dust of the earth. My dwelling is in the word of God. And nothing can corrupt that revelation that comes from the Holy Spirit. You realize... These, this friend that I, I work with, this guy, and, and we, we work together every day, and we talk a lot. And as good as guy you'd ever meet in your life. We share the same middle name. Our son, my son, is, is, shares the same name with him and his middle name, and his son has the same middle name. And his, his, we were raised very, very similar, just under different revelation. Just as good as can be. But you talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and he gets spooked. And I couldn't understand that. I thought, how in the world can you... The baptism of the Holy Ghost is the most important thing. It's just what we we got to have it. How could you be spooked by that? But what is it? He's seen the false so long that he's scared to death. He don't even believe there's a real anymore. Don't even can he just he just push it away because he's like I just you know how blessed we are to understand the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the truth about it that it's not just running the aisles and shouting and dancing and speaking in tongues and all these things and going out and living wishing we could overcome I don't know what they're playing with you are God alone from before time began you are on your throne You are God alone Right now In the good times and bad You are on your throne You are God alone You are not a God
captain of the host. He's still the mighty conqueror. There's nothing in your life but what he doesn't have an answer for. You know, if you could get an audience with the, 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 the Toyota man and you could talk to him about the problem with your Toyota, you would have confidence in his answers because he designed that car and he knows every in and out of that car. He knows if anybody knows about that car, he does. And if anybody knows about your situation, you ain't told nobody. You ain't shared it with nobody. You haven't opened up to anybody because you don't have enough confidence maybe in anybody you know to talk to them about this situation. But God says, bring it unto me. Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He cares, brothers and sisters. Do you know that old hymn? Do you have the one uh, rock of ages cleft for me? Let me hide myself in thee. not that's all right rock of ages left for me let me hide myself in thee let the cross I cling while I draw this fleeting breath when my eyes shall close in death when I rise to worlds unknown and behold thee on thy throne rock of left for me let me hide myself in thee amen do you know that he is the rock you know that he's the water I've heard people say I don't need no man but Jesus that sounds really good don't it but you know that he's the water of life now, I want to ask you something. If you decide that you go in a store now and there's all kinds of drinks, they'll have coolers lining every wall full of drinks. And you say, I'm done with every one of them. I don't want nothing else but water. Let me tell you something. I challenge you to go in there and get you a drink somewhere, anywhere, with no vessel. You just go get you some water. Say, I don't want it in a cup. I don't want it in a bottle. I don't want it in nothing else. I just want water. Good luck. You're going to have to put that water in something to drink it. Now, the water of life is here, but he's got to have a vessel. And that's what he said he would use as men. 
I'm not following a man. I'm drinking water, the water of Jesus Christ from a vessel. Amen. Brother Sam, if you'd come. does for you you think about each one we said that earlier all different people sitting in this room tonight but you got a revelation of something very singular very particular focal point center of the universe kind of thing the rock the Lord Jesus Christ it nails everything right down to that the prophet would tell you go look at a blade of grass go look at a speck of water go look at a speck of dust all those things it all goes back to the Lord Jesus Christ everything goes back to the Creator He's talking about that seal and that, that inner core, that, that secret holy place of where you would be. The prophet would tell you that Satan can't get the Holy Ghost. Can't get it. He said, so if you're sealed away, completely wrapped up in there, he said, a lot of folks say, well, then I had this little thing or this little thing. He said, no, you had to leave the shelter. You had to walk out. He said that about keep your hands inside the vehicle. I see that. Keep your hands, keep your legs, keep your eyes, keep your mouth. Keep everything inside that shelter. Stay hidden away. The prophet would say stay dead. Dead to the world. Dead to the things of this thing. All those things that would catch your attention, just die out to it. You know, something struck me the other day. If you listen to that down Calvary, Brother Ram talked about that God died. And he said that he really was dead. And, and so many folks want to say, no, he took that uh, mandrake weed and they put it in a sponge and knocked him out for a few days. He said, but no, God died. He died so much, the planet said he did. The planet said he did. See, you get to thinking about we as a believer have to follow him exactly. Philippians 3, in his, his death, burial, and resurrection, you got to follow it the exact same way. So what I'd ask you tonight, of all those that know you, that have come across you, that have met you, would they testify that you're dead in this world? Because the whole planet testified that he was dead. The whole planet testified. It wasn't the trees looking back. I don't know if he really was dead. No, everybody said he's dead. That's the same path we're to walk. And then raised up in heavenly place in the Lord Jesus Christ. Finally alive. Finally really, really alive. I enjoyed that tonight. I pray it was a blessing to you. I want to sing another song before we close down tonight. Let's sing that song, I'm free. My new day has come. I can now see who I am. I, I appreciated he kept bringing that back to the angel of our day. See, that's very, very special. Very, very special. That what God has done in this day, and again, it's not a man. It's what God did in that man. I say it all the time, the one on the left. Not the one on the right, but the one on the left. How God used that man right there to speak to your heart. He's the Eliezer of our day. Rebecca would have told you when she come back, I'd have never met Isaac if it wasn't for Eliezer. Would have never met Isaac if it wasn't for Eliezer. She wasn't walking around saying, I didn't like how Eliezer did this. I didn't like how he did that. She said, no, he took me to Isaac. He took me to Isaac. Tonight, your heart is in so in love with your Isaac, your husband, your maker, your lover. You're sold out to him. I don't care what this world has. I don't care what it does. He's mine and I'm his. Finally alive. Finally alive. I am free. My today has come. Oh. 
if he come and uh, close the service in prayer and, and pray over the food for our fellowship next door. This is a, a real good buddy of ours. From He's in Missouri now. God leads his dear children along. Leads them where he wants them to go. And I, I thank God for that. I'd have never met this man if he was still in Alaska. So I appreciate God's mercy to me because I consider him a good friend. God bless you, buddy. Amen. Amen. I really enjoyed that tonight. Amen. I've got to witness Brother Timothy's ministry since pretty close to the beginning, I think, and like I got to say, brother, it's been a wonder to see what God has done in your life, amen? amen. Let's, let's bow our hearts tonight. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the, the word that you brought us tonight, Lord. We, we feasted tonight, Lord, and we know you have another meal prepared for us in the morning, and Lord, we ask you just to come and just work wonders in our lives, Lord. Lord, we thank you for each and every one of our brothers and sisters that made it here today. Lord, we ask to give them all a blessing, Lord, as they go back to wherever they're staying tonight. And Lord, we ask to be with our fellowship tonight. Lord, we ask that you just continue to commune with us tonight, Lord Jesus. 
And we ask that you uh, bless the food as we eat it, Lord. And Lord, we ask to bless the hands for prepared it. And Lord, we ask to give all of our brothers and sisters here that labor for these meetings, Lord, just give them a, a blessing in their lives and in their hearts, Lord. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Again, I want to say thank you all for coming tonight. I want to also say thank you to the Lord Jesus for keeping you safe in your travels here. Some of you come up two hours, some of you come four hours, some of you come three hours, some of you come six hours. But I, I thank God for keeping you safe. And I pray that tonight it gives you good rest, fully refreshed in the morning to come back to, to get what God has for us tomorrow. God bless you. You are dismissed.